Welcome back. Hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? Wonderful. Are you ready to get this going? Yep. Wonderful. So, (laughs) I am Mr. Fox. This is the I Refuse podcast. I'm Mr. Fox, a.k.a. Michael Jackson, Sequin Glove. And I have a very special guest to kick off this series from the podcast for Black History Month. Want to introduce yourself, girl? Hello, everyone. I am the abstract Sagittarius. I don't have no AKAs. Um, that's that's fine. I'm glad to be back. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, we have. Again. We've had you on. Um, I, I appreciate the fact that you like talking to me. Girl, do not sound like that person. <laughs> Do not sound like that person that pushes around the shop cart, shopping cart I'm sorry, on, on at the airport, okay? Do not be that person. Oh, at you the airport? Talk, oh. My at mind the airport, sometimes. Really? Don't mind me. I don't think they would get that far on BWI. But nevertheless, <laughs> I'm not trying to be shady. The See, I'm not, trying, you I'm not trying were. to be shady You didn't have to try. You just did. Do, during Carter G. Woodson month, okay? We're not, we not doing that. Okay. <laughs> I, but here we are. <clears throat> I reached out I reached out to you uh, a few weeks ago because I wanted. I had this crazy idea that I thought would be great. You know, for the longest time, I want to say two or three years, I've always posted try to do it every day during Black History Month mm-hmm. to post something on Instagram and Twitter if I can keep up the energy. Just random like facts that a lot of people are unaware of, including myself. Which is something that I greatly appreciate you for. Oh, one of my many gifts, I know. I just <laughs> I just love to share. Oh damn knowledge. Um uh, well Google, like <clears throat> when I was in college, that was a really good friend of mine. Like mm-hmm. Google and just trying to figure stuff out and you know beyond what you and I were taught in school, I had no idea that there was like a whole bunch of other people, like lesser known people, that did great shit. Like I was talking to you earlier, like there was actually a black person that ran for president in right. the seventeen hundreds. Right. This is before George Washington. And I was just like, wow, like, that's crazy to me. Because, you know, you and I both know, like, slavery was huge during that time. And along with that, a lot of people, and to this day, people still believe that, like, we can't read or we're not allowed to read or write or be educated. And, you know, what your current circumstances are right now is what they'll always be. Right. Um, so I was like, I love, I forget the site that I went to. I think it was blackhistory.org, but something like that, like a lot of people need to be aware of. And then, you know, you go into like <sighs> athletes. Um, a lot of people don't really know a, a lot about Arthur Ashe and then like track and field stars, just how they were able to just come up in a time where a lot of people just didn't see it for us, you know, like, right. you know, we'll nothing, we'll be, we won't be bigger than anything um, other than 
like any a rap artist or a boxer, and then that's it. Like right. people will pull up a front seat for that, and but nothing else. Um, so it inspired me. I was just like, you know what? I got this podcast. You know, my little nickel and dime podcast. You know, I got a a, a few people that listen. You know, mm-hmm. trying to trying to reach a lot of people, see what hits. And I was like, you know what? I think I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna do probably a couple episodes just dedicated to Black history. And you were the first person I thought of because I'm like, we talk we talk all the time. Right. We've been friends well over ten years. Can you mm-hmm. believe it? I know. Time flies. Oh, I was talking to Miss uh, Sharonda a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I was like, oh my god, it really just that time in the mailroom. That was something else, child. <laughs> Uh, I know days. you. You hey, right? How about that? Put the podcast in the mailroom. Um, right there. Right. Say what mailroom? Mail mail we'll call it the mailroom. Just call it the mailroom. Mail we don't gotta. You know, we can change a couple names, but we can just talk about not just like the, just like being in that building in general. Like that's Listen, like a whole. It's a planet and, of its own. Ain't never going to be nothing like it. <laughs> never. I've mm-hmm. never experienced a work environment like that. I have a strong love-hate <laughs> feeling towards it. It's truly something different. Right. So, <clears throat> I was like, you were the first person that came to my mind. That's so special. And I was just like, we don't have... You know, we were both cooped up in the house like a bunch of other people. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we're pretty knowledgeable in a lot of stuff. And we're black. We're black. Ain't I black? Ain't you black? Yeah, uh, I think I am. We're black. No, I'm you Look, know what? Some may beg to differ, but. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I will put on a Towson voice in a minute <laughs> if I want something, if I want something accomplished, okay? Not Towson. If. If I want my order to be right, I will put on my towel some noise. Let's no lie. Yeah. <laughs> Cold. <switch>. Um, <laughs> I'm about sick of you. No, but Listen, nevertheless, I had a whole conversation uh, with my son about it. Did you? Mm-hmm. Hey, it's a, it's a wonderful skill to oh, have. Of course, it, it is. Like, it's it's unfortunate though that we have to like navigating this world like that to like get results and get, make shit happen. True. When I think about it. But one a great thing about us and other black people is that we have it deep in our DNA and deep in our tissue uh creativity. Yeah. And just like a, a rhythm and um a sound and a way of existing that other people just can't touch. Like <clears throat> I know that, like, when I go out, if I'm in, like, a bar or even if I'm doing stuff on stage, mm-hmm. I'm not drag queen, just to be clear. I'm just, when I speak or when I, because, I mean, not for nothing, like, when people think of gay and black and you put the word stage in it, people are going to instantly think, oh, he must be a drag queen. I didn't even cross my um, mind. Maybe that's because I know you. It's fine because I, but that's probably because I know you. So I guess I can understand why 
somebody would think that, but me knowing you, like, okay, I get it. But yeah, like, I've had people, not for nothing, I've had people, like, years ago, I'll be, like, at Applebee's with the Machilis, and we'll be eating and stuff, and the table would just go silent, and they'll just, I'll look up Mm -hmm. from my tilapia, and I'm like, what? thinking to myself, why is this person looking at me? Mm-hmm. And they would they would take a couple of seconds and they'll say, you know what? You will look really good as a drag queen. I'm like, okay. Uh, not a lawyer or a doctor. No, I'm just I'm just joking. Um but where was I going with this? But like I was um like I was saying, it's like I would do stuff on stage, like in competitions and stuff, mm-hmm. and a lot of people would come up to me after I've competed for stuff and say, you know, you have really great stage presence. And in my mind, while I'm in the thick of it, I'm just thinking, oh, well, shit, I hope I don't trip or, like, I don't appear fidgety. Because I have um, really bad stage fright. Mm-hmm. Well, to me, I think I, I, think I do. Lord knows you was um, not here so. but I think at some point and this probably just comes with like maturity and age Mm -hmm. like when I think time comes to go present it it just kind of kind of fades away but like literally behind the curtain I'm just like oh my god this is because it's something about seeing a bunch of people in one room looking straight at you yeah or looking straight at whoever's talking before you, and I'm just like, it just gets to me. It's kind of like when we went to like when I go to like Six Flags or Great Adventure, mm-hmm. and you're in line or you're walking up to the roller coaster, like it's the same thing, that same feeling. Yeah, you hide like, it very well. Damn. I will tell you that. Well, <laughs> I would have never known that. Well, you know, I always tell myself, you know, Linda didn't raise no punk. Yeah, you fit. Um, you've always not, been able to fit comfortably in any element that I've been in with you. So, I think a large part of that is because I'm with you. Oh yeah, you know I ain't gonna let nobody fuck with you. So. What? You know, yo. Because I mean, not for nothing. Like, I it would be a little bit different if I was by myself, right? And I go into like loafers, or if I go to any other place that we've gone together, if I go there by myself, mm-hmm. I probably wouldn't be as outgoing. Right. And I'll be the first to admit it. Like, a lot of people probably won't. I'm just like, there's there's a certain, well, it's a comfort level. I mean, we've been friends well over 10 years, right. so it's just like, it ain't no issue. Right. Um, and I'm not in my head a lot, which, when I'm by myself, that tends to it, Right. I think that's with anybody, though. True, right. So, um, but yeah, like people would would come up to me sometimes and say, well, you have a great stage presence or you have a lot of confidence about yourself or this and that. And I was just like, wow. Mm -hmm. I think a lot, that's another great thing about us as Black people, like outside of being creative is that we have this confidence and this sincerity about ourselves that a lot of people identify with and respect. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and we're doing great things despite the challenges sure. so with a lot of that is why I wanted to do a couple of episodes this month about black history mm-hmm. 
So I've been doing some research, like I've been known to do. You know, I ain't got shit else to do. Oh, I'm learning about the day. Um. <laughs> All right, on, go, y'all. Call me real quick. Oh, I'm learning about the day. I look forward to this. I'm trying to tell you, I've been I've been waiting for it. I feel like I'm on PBS. <laughs> um. So the first person I want to talk about in my black excellence piece. Is uh, Stacey Abrams. Okay. So, I'm sure y'all have heard her name <clears throat> said around like the past five or six years. And I first heard her name when like she, um, when Obama was running and when Obama was president. I think she moderated um, one of his, it was either a town hall or a debate or something or she was behind the scenes. And I was just like, who is this person? Mm-hmm. And then, like, as time went on, I, I kept hearing her name more and, like, a lot of praise. But the reason why I wanted to kick this off with her is because um, she was very instrumental in um, voter turnout in Georgia <clears throat> when um, Biden ran for uh-huh. president. And, like, that, the 25th hour of the um, the election results... Like everybody was banking, I believe on. Well, Georgia was one of the states, but there was like Nevada was like up there mm-hmm. as well. But like Georgia, um, it's one of those things where like Georgia was just. It was like the last hour or so, and everybody was just like, "Oh my god!" And was, <laughs> Biden was neck and neck, was neck and neck with Trump, um, for a couple of days. And um, Georgia was very instrumental in sending him well over the top as far as votes were concerned. And Stacey Abrams is was very instrumental in that. Um, not only with just her name, but like she has an organization called Fair Fight Action, okay. which not only addresses voter suppression, which was a big problem for years, but more so last year because 45 was um, sabotaging like mailboxes yeah. and shit. Um, which that, that blew my mind. And like, not only like taping off official mailboxes, but they were like removing them. people were actually right, removing them and then like, I think even setting up fake ones. And then when they caught them, told them they weren't putting them back. <laughs> also. Like, yeah, we did it. But right, it's like... Yeah, we, you know, we're not gonna put them back. Like, it was dodgeball mm-hmm. or something. Like, this is my ball and I'm not giving it back. Um, So, yes. So, <laughs> for her efforts, this is why it's a big deal for me, because <clears throat> you know, it's kind of going back to, like, history, like, back in like the 1800s or so when we weren't even allowed to vote or even among other things but um, it was like black people as a whole couldn't vote and then at some point it wasn't until a little bit more recently after that that they were allowing women to vote it's it's crazy Um, but because the reason why you know aside from what we have already explained about Stacey Abrams like 
I mean, she's a boss, of course. But she got nominated for the Nobel right. Peace Prize for for her efforts last year. And, I mean, I'm pretty sure her efforts as a whole. Because um, it was very, which is more than... Um, more than warranted, like she definitely deserves to win over the other people that have been nominated. I'm not going to name the other two names that I know of. Um, but because if it wasn't, if Georgia wasn't possible, if, you know, all those, all that work that went into uh-huh. that, to like turning the state over uh-huh. and then accounting for all the votes, um, that were initially like hidden and kept and unaccounted for, but we probably would have had 45 for another right. four years. Um, and, you know, I always give credit where credit's due, and she definitely is somebody of, to, to mention and to hold on, have on a pedestal and holding high praise um and it's another thing it's like i was watching you know the elect the votes come in and stuff and watching state by state and it was just more so the reactions of other people in the country where they were like you know when they would show the map and then it'd be like it'd be uh the states and then the states will be broken down into counties like you see the lines and stuff and I skimmed past it. Yeah, like CNN I don't was one of the I'm not dedicated ones. to watch about I learned a lot this election. Um even watching the situation in Georgia and understanding how the electoral college works and stuff like that and it was intense. It was very intense and Georgia I think basically she just was like, we're not even about to let y'all try to insinuate anything. We just going to go ahead and do everything. I'm not asking for nothing. You ain't got to tell me nothing. You're just going to do it. And I think that's one of the things that I appreciated about it was the fact that they were so meticulous in making sure that every single thing counted and was done correctly and done again and again. So there was nothing else left to question. You don't see too many politicians, one, and then a woman politician and a black woman at that go so hard for voting. Because a lot, you know, this I think this election was the first election that I didn't see as much skepticism and whether the vote counted. I feel like if the same energy would have been put in before, he would have never made it in there. But that's neither here nor there because we can't change the past. Um, putting the right people in the right position to be able to get the knowledge and the word out. People who are willing to put themselves on the line and be on the forefront and be able to fight against those who thought they were going to run over top of us or run over top of the country. You know, so yeah, absolutely. She definitely deserves to be recognized. Um, you can't ignore it in any way, shape, or form. 
um, you definitely know more than I do. Um, I wasn't really aware of her until probably this past summer. As I think when I really started to notice who she was. And then, like I said, going into the election. Yeah. Like, I, I want to say that I wasn't always a political person. I don't even think I am still to this day. But I I know that it's very important uh, for a lot of us to be aware that it, not only that it exists, but it also um, how it trickles down into how we, how and where yeah. we live. Um yeah. Like, I, because you and I are around the same age, so I want to say that, like, even now, like, I would look back at the presidents that we had when, mm-hmm. while we were growing up. And, you know, I try to go into anything new or anything that's possibly foreign to me with um, an open mind. Like, you know, people, you know, as I go on Twitter and stuff and I go into social media and I, and every once in a while a president will be trending and then, you know, you see all the tweets. I think Ronald Reagan was um, trending recently. And, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the response to Ronald Reagan is mostly negative, um, especially from the community, which I'm a part of. Um, because, you know, he sat there and did nothing when, you know, the AIDS crisis uh-huh. was running rampant. And one thing I try not to do is, like, paint that same kind of um, picture with... You don't other want the errors of think... someone else to constantly reflect another person. You try to give them the benefit of you know they can't right. all and you know say. right I, I think a lot I think the distinction though for me anyway is that there's a difference a huge difference between a conservative and a republican and whatever the hell you want to call 45 <laughs> right um and not for nothing, like, unfortunately, I have to kind of give him credit that, excuse me, that um, during his regime, I don't even want to call it presidency. That's the perfect goddamn word. Goddamn it, if it didn't feel like, goddamn if it didn't feel like pre-World War One. Um, that's another conversation. Um, but what I wanted to say is, like, to his credit, unfortunately, watching him and his administration, um, how they perform and how they act and how they interact with people and all the stupid shit he said behind the mic, um, I was able to make a distinction between 
him from Republicans and from conservatives and in a way further understand just government and politics. Well, politics more so than government. Um, that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, we may all have different views because, you know, we all have things you want to protect. But it's it's really not even really up to us. It's up to those that we put mm-hmm. in office. And unfortunately, you know, the last three or four years, you know, has opened my eyes to not only him, but like other um, senators and other congressmen that like on the slide, on the slide, just kind of push for things that kind of put us like backwards. It just makes us go back. Or they're trying to put us like in the past, like relive a certain way of life. And it's just like, I don't understand it. And I think you and I had this conversation a couple of months ago where, you know, when I went out of town, I think I've, I told you this. So I have a really good friend of mine I've known yeah. since I was 17, right? And while I was out of town visiting him, uh, I, it came up that he is a Trump supporter. Now, first reaction is like, uh-huh. what the fuck do you mean? Like, how how can you be one uh-huh. and you know me? My first reaction was to leave. But then I just sat there and I realized, like, I don't as as they're talking more and more about the election and stuff, and or because this was back in the fall, so it mm-hmm. it was about to happen. Um, it was, although I couldn't get in, like a clear answer as to why he voted for him. Um, I walked away realizing that he was just he's not mm-hmm. informed enough, and. I took into consideration just like where he lived and kind of comparing him to the more extreme supporters. Um, like he he's like not even on that level. You know what I mean? As far as like the flags and oh, you know, BLM, all I like. And granted, like, in that part of the state, which is Pennsylvania, the state as a whole is a red state, but, like, I think as you get closer to, like, the mountains and the wilderness and shit, it's, it's like, Trump country. Yeah. Oh, it's like that. Um, now, granted... You take the back roads of Old Court? Going towards yeah. Marysville? Yeah. They got a whole... Right. Big sign in the field. Uh-huh. Like, oh, big, big. It's like, oh, this is interesting. <laughs> I think I saw that because sometimes I take Marysville Road yeah. to get to the Harris Theater down by the uh, country club. But there's actually a house not too far, right around uh-huh. the corner in Laura, Baltimore, that had a, a Trump flag up. Um, and I, 
this and this is no way like me trying to tell you you know it's wrong right. or whatever do what you do like the thing about me is that I fully understand rights and I'm not one of those that's like you know you have I have more than you because mm-hmm. we disagree and you can't do this and shit like that like but what I was saying is like you know I went to go visit and I stayed about a weekend or a week and a half um and we went up to the campsite where he has a a spot and other people up there are like they didn't come out and say that they were Trump supporters but they definitely have uh-huh. they're in the neighborhood like people you know there are those that like are obvious about it and then there are those that are just like they'll say little things that lead you to believe Oh yeah, you're a Trump supporter. But again, like further pushing my point that there's a difference between like the aggressive ones that are just like loaded with guns and got the SWAT gear on and they're looking to Uh kill people that look like me. And then there are those that just are not as informed of the world as a whole. Um, I'm and, sorry, can you hold on, please? And that's, that's yeah. nothing to take away from them. Sure. Wrap it up. Wrap it up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're still on the mic. <laughs> but, yeah, like, a lot of deferring, you know, the different things is just from experience. Like, you know, these, not for nothing, a lot of these people... Mm-hmm. don't treat me any different um, and we were able to have a conversation because you know I like to know like why <laughs> um, and they and they embrace me and stuff and that's that's really about it like I never go up there with the intent of like causing some shit and getting in people's faces because that's a lot of energy right. that I can be put into something else um and we all have a good time. And that's a great experience for me because I walk away <laughs> right. with a better understanding. Like, I could be like, you know, older people that sit and watch the news all day and think, oh, well, that's just the complete view of the world. Now realizing that, like, most of these news channels are paid a certain to push right. a certain Whereas perspective. Right. It's, it's interesting. Um, um, he's just his whole existence is kind of interesting. Um, just speaking on tell me about it. His level of supporters, it just it makes me wonder: was it when he became a politician? Is when he really became the problem? And I say that because I think about I can name three different instances in which the black community, the hip-hop community, embraced him. And for the life of me, couldn't understand why. First instance, you do know that he has a feature on the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. They was initially going to sell. They housed to him. Went crazy over him. I want to be like him. Carlton wanted to be, you know, a Republican. It was it was a thing to be 
Donald Trump. Nelly, country grammar. Let me in. Let me in. Bill Gates, Donald Trump. Let me in now. Method Man has a whole interlude on his album. Donald Trump talking on it. You see what I'm saying? At some point in time, he wasn't what we. You see what I'm saying? So well, it's, let me. And again, so for the I, life of me, I cannot understand why. Because he showed y'all who he was in the 80s. That was in the 80s, wasn't it? When he took the uh, the Central Park Five situation and the news article that he took out for them, calling for the execution and all that stuff. He showed y'all who he was then. Probably even before then. I don't know. That's the one thing that I, the earliest thing that I can think of that showed you the racist. I don't even know what to call him, honestly. That he is. Um, he's like Voldemort to me, like he who shall not be named. I'm so serious. I'm just serious with the whole thing. I didn't call him 45. Didn't call him. Um, didn't call him King El Stupido. That's what he was to me. I don't, it's, and I, I, for the life of me, through the entire election, I never thought he would win. I never thought he would win. It blew my mind. But then I had to think about, at some point in time, he wasn't always the end. He really wasn't. Or at least, if he was, it wasn't as talked about as it is now. Because, Nothing that this man did during his presidency surprised him. Nothing that he did. He did everything that I knew he was going to do. Walk and fuck shit up and walk out. That's it, go. Well, what I can tell you is the reason why he was just everywhere on like albums and TV and shit is because of his image. Like, and mind you, like, while I've been in uh, quarantine, isolation, whatever you want to call it, I did not have COVID, y'all, just to clarify. Because um, you use one of those two words, you're like, oh, bitch. This fucking guy got this, got that. Like, I've been on Netflix and Hulu and the streaming and looking at um, there's a a docu series on mm-hmm. Netflix I think called Dirty Money, and they have a whole episode about him, and a whole episode about mm-hmm. Jared Kushner, his son-in-law. Um, but also on Hulu, there's something. Um, I think just on him when you like his life and everything, I'm, and then yeah, back on or on Hulu. Okay. Um, so, back to the, the Netflix uh, thing, I think there was also a, an episode mm-hmm. on the Mafia, right? New York this Mafia. This is Dirty Money? And how... Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's called Dirty Money. Um, but the episode about the Mafia in New York, there were like they they um 
it's probably the same docuseries or it's a different one, but it was a few families going, a few of my families mm-hmm. going back to like the 1800s, right? And how the big thing for them as far as making money was right. real estate in New York City. Um, and of course, that's where like things get real crazy. And um, Donald Trump was in some of the footage. Um, not as like insinuating that like he had ties to them or anything, but New York mm-hmm. City real estate back in the day was um was something else. Um, so I think the reason why he was just so big in the eighties and big in the nineties is because of his image, you know, image of extravagance and power and. He could charm his way through stuff and like money. So even even while the the dark shit was going on, because a lot of the stuff that we're finding out about right. now occurred during that time. Um, and I think in one of those episodes, um, they even talk about some of the the cases. Like, even, because he was oh, uh, yeah. associated with mm-hmm. Jeffrey Epstein. Now, listen. Oh, I there's did. a thing on Netflix about Jeffrey Epstein. Whoo! <laughs> um, but we're going to put that on the back burner because this is Black History. Mm. So, nevertheless, it's, it takes a Black woman to just come in and say, fuck it, I'll do it, to correct mm-hmm. or, like, make shit happen. Not only make shit happen, but also to like reverse shit or undo stuff or mm-hmm. you know put stuff back on track like think about uh, mm-hmm. the, uh, the Flint water crisis right um, where I last left off of that is a woman that has her own company I think it's construction um, came in after so many months and so many years of back and forth um because the city just and the state just couldn't get it together, was just like, you know what? I'll just come in and replace all the infrastructure, um, the pipes and everything, for less. I need to investigate that a little bit further, but it's the same energy where it's just like, okay, y'all fucking up over here, I'll just come in and fuck it, I'll do it. And just human decency come into play and not greed. You know what I mean? Ultimately, right. it's like, you know, you might not be able to do it for free, but it's like, are we really going to keep risking the lives of these people? If everybody's sick and dying off, then what? what you gonna do? You, you, your city not going to thrive. Somebody got to fix it. So let's fix it and then worry about all the other bullshit after the Because right now, is that shit been going How long has that been going on? Oh, my gosh. I think 20, so I was, this was after I left. Oh, let me see. SSA. Um, I want to say 2016, 2017, maybe 2015. Um, 
And but twenty fourteen. I, I haven't heard a peep about it since. They, so Jeez. this is how crazy that that thing was. Do you know? This is probably gonna blow mm-hmm. you off your chair or wherever you said. Do you know that they made a whole movie about the Flint water crisis while it was still happening? Starring Queen Latifah. I was like, how y'all gonna make a movie about something that ain't in? Um, But nevertheless, same energy. Stacey Abrams came in and save the day and very instrumental in us getting Biden as a president mm-hmm. and I cannot be happier. You know, I just love when we get Nobel, get nominated for big stuff and then win because I know she's going to win. I don't know well, like, the particulars as far as the Nobel Peace Prize process. I did. Oh, <laughs> do you really want me to say? Uh... Forty-five and Jared Kushner. Uh, yeah. If you'd like to make a call, <laughs> please uh, hang up and Yeah, there's another person that's on that list. Um, I gotta look again, but I think it's a, a black guy or something. But yes, um, I don't see. I don't know the process. I don't know if like. No. You being nominated automatically means you'll win. And no. not to my knowledge, I'm. I just, okay. I'm right. confused. <laughs> I have questions. Right. What? Um, how? So I kind of feel like you, they bought that. How does it work? Thank you. <laughs> I, that was. I didn't know how to ask that question. Like I'm trying. I'm. Yeah, you know. Girl. Um, you know, you know they probably bought that. Like they yeah, buy everything else. Yeah, my mind um, know that you can buy. See, Tim, I'm trying to be shady and petty. Did you know that? And then some. I was today years yeah, old. No, I, I was a little younger. Um, there is I times where it is they given they to, you, to you, but anybody, if I'm not yeah. mistaken, can pay. To get a store. Mm, so, you know, a lot of these the people door. who, like, yeah. Yeah, well, well, yeah, that's right. My stuff. A lot of them pay for it. I'm not going to say. That's what I'm saying. I, See, ain't I may pay for my own stuff. I could store. do it. I probably would. Probably would. I ain't going to lie. So, I'm not made it. No, no, I'm going to say, actually, because I ain't going to wait until. That's some black. Um, yeah, That's I some black history for your ass if I didn't know what it's called. Great. I'm not going to be able to get back up for money at that point. Um, but so listen, I'm going to file. I'm going to. I think Stacey Abrams has a Twitter. But yeah, I'm going to. Um, <laughs> she got a fan in me because. Oh, damn. Copyright. I, like, I would have said you should have played the song. At the 25th hour, she made that shit happen. You got a friend in me. That would have been perfect. What song? Toy Story. I'm just 
but, but, um, but you can't. I'm gonna fight you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. By Randy Newman. You got a friend in me. Yo, some of his music slaps. Not for nothing. I ain't gonna lie. He got some other songs that slap. I'm like, you know what? He got a song called Short People. I was like, you know what? See, I know some short people. I'm not talking about you. Again. I know some short people. That stuff should be fun. Mm. Oh, <laughs> so slick with it. So, so slick with it. I know, right? Ooh! This is my family, too. What can I say? Um. <laughs> you do. You do. I don't be it meaning to. You, like, first of all, let's I was like, I was like, you if you did. So, you absolutely do mean to. True. You probably think I'd have a fever if I wasn't shady. I love you. I, I, we we got to make another episode Betty, about being fine. Betty, let's to. go. Nevertheless. <laughs> That's <laughs> For your ass, um, don't mind us, y'all. We just in our own little world. <laughs> but um, because I was just about to go into another story where I was being petty and didn't mean to be. Like I said, something and the person on the other side of the table slid out that chair. I was like, Lord, what am I going to do right now? Like slid out his chair under the table and crawled. Across the floor, I was like, "What am I gonna do?" <sighs> but <laughs> I'm just... oh my goodness, I couldn't oh. even recover. Um, dang. But nevertheless, we're gonna try to focus on Black History Month because you know it is a short we month. Know, really, you know why? I don't know why. You, you, we know why. <sighs> Come on now. Okay, America. I know why. And I'm glad. Listen, I'm glad it was expanded from a week to a month. Um, but I want to move into another chapter because you know, it's only okay. time. Um, she wanted to eat. She, but no. Um, my personal so personal experience, right? Did you want to with... go first? Think of something. Think of something, any music or a movie or a person or a moment in history when you were growing up where it was just like, bam, this affected me. Oh, well, me. I'm going to be honest with you. I a lot think of about it to um, this day sometimes. just the black history talk in general is affecting me now because I'm realizing that I don't know a lot. <laughs> um, Maybe probably either the lack of knowledge distributed to me or maybe just because I fucked off a lot when I was younger and just didn't pay attention. Um, and, you know, it, sometimes I just have random questions. Or I love random knowledge. It, whatever it is that pops in my head, I'm like, ooh, I want to dig into this and fall down this rabbit hole. I've been down a lot of them. Um, I enjoy them. So I've actually ventured back into the connection between Malcolm X and Cook, Muhammad Ali and all of that. You know. Yeah. So I oh, I, I went back Miami, and watched right? Malcolm X again because 
the last time that I watched it, probably I was in high school. Um, and then you had a conversation <laughs> about my experience right. when it comes down to black history and my teenagers. Just it wasn't it was always the same lesson ultimately. Um and when I finally did get exposed to a black history class, we watched Roots and Rosewood and talked about it. And that was the extent of my lessons, really. Um, so I just went back to go watch the movie in general. Um, one, because I like Spike Lee, too. I remember enjoying the movie. I do remember enjoying it. I just don't remember the details of it. So it was like watching the movie for the first time all over again. Um, and then I watched, what is the documentary called? The Sam Cook documentary that's on um, Netflix. Yeah, that was um, who very interesting, Cook? which ultimately led me to One Night in Miami. I would say watch, just watch them in that order. Watch Malcolm X, the Sam Cook documentary, and then The Night in Miami, and then we're going to come back and talk about it. I would like to know what's your opinion on it. It was very interesting. It, it filled in okay. a few blanks here, and it gave me a more broad perspective and more knowledge of what was going on during that time. The meaning of some of the songs and the movie, it was just it all connected where it didn't connect before. So it was like a new experience. Um, so that's Watch Malcolm X. Mm-hmm. So you want me to watch um, the Malcolm X movie yeah. first? Yes, the Sam Cooke documentary. And the Sam Cooke uh, documentary. And then watch A Night and in then... Night, which is on Amazon. In that order. Okay. I just mama DJ. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to need to tackle yeah. that tomorrow. Wow. So that... um. The the details that I'm aware of um, surrounding the his last night, Sam Cooke's last night, like th- out of all the celebrity deaths, and there were some really big Me, ones close to no, my head, that one really, yeah, like that one. Not only did it not make sense, but it just, I don't, it it just gives me the heebie-jeebies. With so many questions um, that I, I don't know. I li- like, I don't know. I don't know what the, it makes. Nothing logical about it. It doesn't make sense. Like, I can't. It doesn't register. <laughs> like, I can't comprehend it when you listen to the documentary and him talk about his life, his music, the way he moved, just him in general, and then them talk about the details of that night. It's, it's like, do not compute. It doesn't make sense at all. And it just left me with so many questions that probably ain't going to ever get answered, honestly. 
Um, mm-hmm. Even it, it, the night in my um, I would love to um, know what that conversation really was. I would love to know what happened that night. And I believe it's only one person that can answer that question, honestly. If I'm not mistaken. He's still alive, ain't he? Let's find out. Yeah, he's still alive, right? Yeah. Jim Brown? He would be the only one who would be able to answer that question. Yeah, Jim Brown's still alive. From what I understand, I think he was a consultant on the film. This is a little random yeah, stuff that I found out being part of the Twitter lane, Twitter movie based off of a factual event, but what could have possibly happened if these discussions like, it was like basically a hypothetical narrative of what could have possibly been talked about amongst them that night. Leading up to right, I didn't yeah, realize um, that it led up. It's to like the when nation of Islam and Muhammad Ali converting also it was all around that time period. He won the fight. They they yeah. met up that night, and then the announcements were made right after that. So I don't want to give away the movie, but a lot of that played into the conversation. Um, but like I said, if, I just would love to know what really happened that night. If I could have been a fly in that one. Mm. Yeah, like, when I first heard about the movie, it reminded me of the um I guess the stage play or um it's like a, a stage play or a performance thing that like colleges and like I think even I even went to one mm-hmm. down in the main HHS building in DC a couple of years ago. Um the conversation between Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. Like it was that yeah. you, you probably mm-hmm. always heard about this. It was like a meeting right. they had that was that nobody the first time else that I heard about knew it was about. the episode of and, a different world. Yeah, that was the very first time that I heard about it. Right. <clears throat> Which thank God that's on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Um thank God that whole show is on Amazon Prime. Um because I could watch that well, <laughs> Season one, really, I don't really fuck with it for obvious reasons. Yeah. Um, but two through six, <laughs> yeah, two through six is 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 my jam. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like we went to the main HHS building and they had they had this uh, performance, this play. Um, I think it was the the either the mm-hmm. Friday before. MLK Day or the Tuesday after. Um, and it was a play based on what people 
right. think the conversation was between Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> and Malcolm X mm-hmm. in 1964. Um, <clears throat> it, was, it was good. It was great. Um, but it's one, it's, it's one of those things that just it makes you wonder. Yeah. Like, what all did they talk mm-hmm. about? Because um, at that point, they were both being watched and taped and bugged and all this other shit. Um, and they were huge targets. And it's crazy to me that, you know, oh, wait. Malcolm X was taken down by one of his watched. own. That's the one Amazon also. <clears throat> it's the, oh my God, what is her name? She's an actress. Um, who had an affair with someone who was a part or affiliated with the Black Panther Party. And as a result of it, the government, like, ruined her career. Um... Oh my gosh, she um. <clears throat> the movie she played, and I think it's called Breathless. She was like a, I think she was like real big in French um movies. Oh my goodness, what is the name of it? Mm-hmm. Her name is Jean Siebert. And the movie. I have to find. It's called Seaberg. That's what it's called. I'm sorry. That yeah, obviously. Um, Kristen Stewart plays her character, and and I'm not really a big fan of Kristen Stewart, but I do like her. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it. That's very interesting to watch. Um, as far as what the government We're back in the flesh and living color. Are you amazing? You don't know my life. (laughs) It's amazing. How much you can do and what you can do with the AirPods. <laughs> like, I could have the phone in one room and I can move. It was a lot harder with the um, the plugged in headphones because it's like you got to carry the phone with you everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. I'm. I feel like a damn Christmas on it. But I'm not responsible enough to handle AirPods. So I just use my regular little Bluetooth. Oh, mm-hmm. I know, know my fault. I'm not responsible enough on them. I'm not afraid to admit it. I am not that adult. I'm not setting myself up to failure. Hmm. Well, I mean, not for nothing. Sprint got me. Like I was in San Antonio mm. uh year before last because somebody I was in the military with was retiring from the Air Force, right? Mm. And my um the fucking heat. And the car kind of warped the um the charging cable for the, the for the phone. 
I was like, God damn it. that? Jesus. South Texas heat. And this was in October. That heat is different. <laughs> it's, it's different. It's real different. So, okay, I understand. I, I forgot. So, it's not like the temperature that's the problem. It's the humidity. Right. Because 80 degrees here is like 90-something there. Right. And like an idiot, I kept the cable in the car so I wouldn't have to keep moving it around. Mm-hmm. And it literally melted the... um, It disconnected the, the actual cord part that goes into the phone from the piece that you hold on to to plug it into the phone. I was like, God damn it. Wow. I had to go to the Sprint store and I was like, all right, I'm just going here and get me a little charging cable. I walked out with a charging cable, the mm-hmm. um, the block that goes in the outlet, and a set of AirPods. Mm-hmm. And this is how they get you. Mm-hmm. Oh, you know, you can pay the whole thing now, or we can just attach it to your bill. And you know my broke ass. I'm like, <laughs> you know, just add that extra $20 to my bill a month. I'll do it. So, bibbidi bobbidi boop I got some AirPods, and I love them. But nevertheless... How long have you had them? Uh, a year and a half. See, I am not responsible. You are that responsible adult. I am not. I gave myself a month, and that's pushing it (laughs) for me to lose one. (laughs) You walking around with other ones stuck on my head looking dumb. No, mm -mm, I'm not even. Well, here's the thing. I don't leave the house with them. I don't take them. I I am talking about in the house, sir. Yeah, I'm not that responsible. I'm, I'm dead serious. I sleep with my headphones in. That's oh, the last thing I need. Next thing you know, I roll over and I, yeah, and next thing you know, it is lost somewhere in the midst of whatever. And I ain't getting on nobody's floor right now. Can't do it. No, no, I get on the floor, I ain't get. Listen, if I get on this floor, I ain't get. Try it. I'm not doing it. I don't have Megan knees, and I'm not built with vibrates, so I'm not getting. I don't think anybody got Megan knees. There's a lot of people that got um, Megan knees. I'm impressed, but I ain't one of them. So we're back, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> don't mind us for having our own conversation. Come back. I'm just very um, honest about who I am. I know I'm just not that adult. Hey, I'm here for it. I'm responsible I wish I had a other way. on my uh, huh? on my table. Hey, listen, I'm here for it. Yeah, we all need one responsible friend. You're that one. You're very organized. Yeah. No. Precise on time. You know. Yeah. You're that friend. <laughs> and I don't even. I don't even mean to be on time. Like I purposely leave later. But something about my lead foot, man. I'm just like. The way y'all drive out in these streets? Sir, listen, you ain't got to tell me. I gotta me. get around y'all. You came <laughs> from Owens Mills to West Baltimore in like 10 minutes. <laughs> listen. <laughs> I'm not doing this with you. <laughs> you ain't got to tell me. I know. Hmm. I so, uh, anyway, we're back. We're here to uh, resume the rest of this uh, our first episode of Black History Month. So we were talking about a personal experience, and you said, 
Your personal experience was me realizing no, just me realizing that I'm not as knowledgeable of Black history as I feel like I should be. Um, and basically taking the initiative to become knowledgeable now. Right. Though so I just I don't want to absorb a whole bunch of information. I'm kind of picking and choosing what it is that I want to know. But you know, if the information comes to me, then it comes to me. I embrace anything new. I would never reject anything new. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, just taking my time and finding different ways to, because I'm trying to start reading more. Um, But when you have, I got a lot going on, so it's kind of hard sometimes to be able to sit down and focus the way that I need to I have like a whole bunch of audio books. I did download. I did um get the autobiography of Malcolm X. Um, who else do I have? Let me see. Yeah, I need to um get better about reading more. I have all these books that I bought. Mm-hmm. And of course, like books I've always had, but like especially when I was in college, I would just buy right. a bunch of books and say, you know, I'm I'm gonna get to that when I get, you know, next week. And then two years go by, and I'm like, shit. Mm-hmm. But um, I'm realizing that in order for me to be a better writer, I need to read more. Um, I just um, I have so much different because that's what I want to be. Like I um, I actually want to be a writer. I mean, I've always written mm-hmm. like poems and short stories and stuff, but I actually want to become a writer. And the turning point, this is another uh, Hulu promotion thing that I'm dropping. <laughs> Tony Morrison. Tony Morrison, Tony Morrison, Tony Morrison. Oh my gosh. Like, there is a documentary on Hulu called uh, well it's Toni Morrison The Pieces of Me or something like that it came out in 2019 which also happened to be the year that she died and it oh it's so good like I kicked myself in the ass for not taking to her earlier in life Um, because you know when you're younger some shit just kind of you look at it or you hear about it and you just keep going and a lot of not for nothing I think some of her stuff probably would have been too mature and would have went over my head anyway but having watched that documentary I'm like I really should do this writing thing Um, because understanding her, I guess, her, I guess what you want to call prose, it's a literary term, where she, um, the way she writes, she writes in a way where African Americans and their perspectives and their lives are in the forefront of the story. And they are not under the control or of a white person or a white narrative and although although there may be a white character in the book, 
they don't they're not the driving force of the narrative mm-hmm. um cuz you know she would get asked because they throw in some bits and pieces of interviews she's done over the years. Um, they would ask the questions, um, you know, because there was always controversy around her books. Um, as far as people have this opinion, oh, well, why isn't the, um, why are there no white characters or why is there not a prominence of white characters in your books? Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, people would take one little thing and try to make it seem like, oh, well, this person is racist. There is no such thing as black racism. That's like, come on. Um, that's a whole other conversation. But, yeah, like, I watched this. I sat there and watched it and didn't move the entire time. I was just like, she is really inspiring me to write. And I think one of the the things that'll get me to becoming a better writer is to read more. Because mm-hmm. um, that'll definitely open my eyes to not only other ways to write or how to add more to my own writing, but just other experiences. Yeah. I have a... Oh, it was so good. Sorry. It was so good. I think my problem when it... The last book that I truly entertained was Fifty Shades <laughs> of Grey. I'm about to hang up on your I'm ass. sorry. That's, like, literally, that was the last book that I sat down and I read, and I was just like, I like, I, I get it. Don't get me wrong. But, really? Like, don't nobody talk like this. Like, don't, I get it. I understand the hype, but the writing of it, the way she, the characters articulated themselves, agitated the shit out of me. It was like teenagers talking about porn. It agitated me. Um, so I'm very, I'm not easily entertained. I'm not easily drawn in. So you can't hype me up and say, ooh, everybody gotta go read this because it, it, is this the shit that stimulates your mind? <laughs> is is the problem. So it mostly be those middle aged white women that stimulate uh, minds by that yeah. shit. So outside of that, I think the last book that I can say I truly enjoyed because I went back and read it again and enjoyed it like I enjoyed it first time was the coldest one ever. That was the first book that I think I read from front to back in like one day. I had, oh, and I'm so upset that I lost that book. I had that book when I was in high school, middle school, high school? Yeah. It I was halfway through. Was that book is amazing. It's still amazing. The sequel is getting ready to come out. I already pre-ordered it. I'm here for it. Then I went into, I never went into nonfiction. Everything was fiction for me. Sex that was my next Zane. I was a big Zane fan. So, my reading in Shakespeare from that English, my English class, my English teacher, Miss Efron, I love her. Um, 
she had a way of explaining stories and just making you want to read it. Uh, my close to 40-year-old mind cannot remember it now. Um, was it Macbeth speech? <laughs> I memorized that. <laughs> my senior year, that's how good she um, Outside of that, I, like I said, oh, Terry Woods, her books, I enjoyed a lot of. Um, I enjoyed a lot of, like, I guess what you call hood, hood stories when I was reading. It never really went beyond it. Um, now, it's a little bit different. I'm looking for more things to stimulate my mind. Um, even some of the books that I read back then, I would try to go back and, you know, just to read them again and see if I have a different appreciation or interpretation for the story. And I'm like, I don't know why I like this shit now. But <laughs> it, I think it's just where I'm at mentally now. I think I can, I'm more drawn to people's stories than I was before. Even when it comes down to movies, music, um, and now acknowledging, damn, I have a more appreciation or I know more about this situation or I love this song more or I know more than I realized because then I was I was so young. I didn't know what I was listening to. I didn't know what I was singing. Never realizing that it was creating these stepping stones of this eclectic little being that I am now because I love every, like, there's no specific anything that I like. I like a lot of shit. <laughs> um, so now with me realizing that I'm not aware of a lot of things within my culture as I think I should be. But then there's also me realizing the reason why, which is also disturbing to a degree. Um, just a lot of self-realizations, and I just have to take the initiative to just go out and get the information as I would do anything else. Uh, instead of me waiting for the knowledge to come see me, just go get it myself. And being able to interpret my own narrative of whatever story is told to me or whatever, just getting the information on my own. That's what I'm working on. Now. It's, 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 it's just, I don't know, I, like, I started out in private school, um, didn't grow up seeing a lot of black nuns, so that says a lot there, not really teaching a lot of black history in private school, at least not nothing that I can remember, I moved out here where I'm at now when I was in the second grade. And I do not recall having any black teachers. Hmm. Not until I got into high school. And even then, my two black teachers, three, 
two of them were math teachers. One of them was a biology teacher that I don't know how she became a biology teacher because all she did was talk about how modeling catalog um, and my African-American history teacher. That was it. Um, my first introduction that I can remember into Black History Month was we had to do a book report. I had to be either in the second or third grade, and we had to pick someone. And I do recall knowing the name Harriet Tubman. I do recall knowing the name Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, not really knowing anything about them, but I do recall knowing the name and being disappointed because I couldn't pick them because the teacher chose, you know, everybody in alphabetical order, my last name being on the M. So, you know, I got Shajurna Truth. And I actually am grateful for that experience because that was someone outside of the, like, all I can remember going through school is the same three people being taught. I don't ever recall anyone else being really discussed significantly enough that I can say that I know anything about them outside of the fact that I did a report on the journey truth, which is disappointing. And like I say, high school, African-American history class, Roots and Rosewood, which I feel like ultimately was just meant to provoke us. I don't really think it was meant for us to learn anything because I can recall a white kid coming into the classroom and the teacher saying, I don't think you want to come in here right now. We're watching Roots. And the kid turned around and walked away. That's the extent yeah. <laughs> of what I was taught. Um, you know, another movie you should probably watch... Um, it's not as well known. It's not as accessible, but I have it on DVD. So it's another oh, Alex wait. Haley story. Jane Pittman. No, I'm no. telling you. No, what that's I'm saying what is, is that's something oh. else that I will always remember as a child. Is oh yeah, 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 that woman sitting in that rocking chair is something that you will never forget as a child seeing. You see what I'm saying? I re- like, and I remember the movie and everything. Never realized who she was. Just not I, again, not knowing the significance of some of these stories or who these people were. I just don't think it was articulated to me properly. I don't think. I don't think it even still just in general the significance of the story because not all stories have to be based off a factual person in order for it to tell a story about a factual time. We know that. You know what I'm saying? So if the story tells a a story of a time period of what life was like during that time period, 
And to me, it is significant. It's the equivalent of the outrage behind Gone with the Wind because of what was what the movie represented in the time period. You know what I'm saying? It's significant, regardless of the fact that it's a fictional story. The time period plays a factor. The the characters or the way people lived or the experiences, all of that is what the movie is supposed to be about. Ultimately, if it's not about the actual person. So, like I said, those are the things that I remember. Like, I don't think I realized until <laughs> high school that Roots was supposed to be based off of, you know, real people. Or Rosewood. Didn't know Rosewood really happened. I just knew the movie. It wasn't until I had conversations with my mother that she really sat down and explained the meaning behind it and then going back and watching it and having a different appreciation for it because I'm more knowledgeable now. So I'm going into it differently. I'm paying attention differently because it's a difference between you just looking at it as a story compared to me paying attention to the fact that this was actually someone's life. For me, it's different in how I interpret the movie or how the movie makes me feel. I understand the difference between fiction and nonfiction. So, yeah, you can tell me a story and it might, you know, be a devastating story, but it's different when you know, yo, that really happened to somebody or something similar really happened to this person in some type of way that that person actually endured that. It's, it's just different. So now, even when it comes to music, I find myself listening to more jazz now than what I used to before. A lot of Nina Simone, Duke Ellington, like just stuff that was around me before, but I didn't have a true appreciation for it because I was too young and dumb to even understand what it was. Not to say nobody tried to explain it to me, just didn't. I ain't gonna say I didn't care. No, I didn't care at the time. I was worried about other shit. I'm gonna just be honest. I didn't care. So, you know, ultimately, it's, a lot of it is my fault, but it was also the resources that was made available to me. Keep in mind, I'm older than Google. <laughs> so, growing up, we couldn't go on the internet and just go find it. No. I had to go in the basement and then go by alphabetical order and then try and find in a big book whatever it was that I wanted to look for. Just wasn't something that piqued my interest. Encyclopedias were not fun to me. <laughs> they weren't. Hey, they I'm weren't. right there with you at first. I'm that like, was our way of finding out information show. and doing book reports. We couldn't go on Google and just type in a person's name and just have all of that stuff at our hands. No. He literally had to go and either go to the library and read books or look in an encyclopedia, which is the equivalent of looking up in a dictionary, but 
since a lot of people don't know about dictionary these days either. Um, yeah, it wasn't fun. It was tedious. The writing was small. It just, <laughs> no picture. You know what I mean? It just wasn't my learning style. That's what it was. It wasn't my learning style. So I didn't retain it. I don't even think I don't even think to this day that I even um I'm I can say I'm still drawn to them. It's I mean who who even invited encyc- invented encyclopedias? This and then like they had like whole infomercials okay. about them and stuff. And then you buy them I in sex and it's like you know what for all this Britannica not the Britannica. Oh, and y'all was somebody. The medical encyclopedia. Oh, yeah, the medical encyclopedia. Um, and then I had these. I don't know if it was scholastic. These set of books my mother gave me, and each book was like different subjects. Right? That's what I had. And the encyclopedia was the worst out of all of them. And. I wasn't a reader. Just wasn't um, it wasn't me. So it and even then, if you think about it, the information that's in the encyclopedia definitely ain't probably what's in the encyclopedia now. So even still the, the information mm. that we were given as kids is not <laughs> those mean? stories that we know now. So I don't even really think it matters. Honestly. You know, it's it's things yeah. that they wouldn't have dared talk to us about when we were in cage, when it came down, you know, when we were kids, when it comes to black history. Month, and I feel like it's significant to know about. Tulsa. Yeah, and I, kind of, and I feel like even depending on whoever you you would ask growing up. Like, because you got to think, like, the generation before us, it was probably even mm. less stuff that they were taught in school. Or, I mean, from their perspective, it probably was like, well, they did, they, you know, the teachers did the best they could. I mean, there probably wasn't a lot of money put into schools back then. And then, even on top of that, the stuff that they were taught it probably was right. still the same sanitized Ultimately stuff that we were taught to make the, yeah, the resources. The, well, right. That made like the the European person the savior and you know, it, it forced that narrative that oh we have to respect the country and we have to respect white people and you know, even though they they beat us down, we started to res- respect them and mm-hmm. all this other hogwash shit. shit. Um under the guise of patriotism yeah, I and think one of the country. black history lessons and then at some point goddamn Huckleberry Finn and I don't even <laughs> exactly and I, it, it just... so so was uh, t- and... uh, Tom Sawyer because it, Albert Einstein or, was to um, is it the tree of life is that what it's called I think that's what it's called. Sounds about yeah, right. they would just have us 
ultimately why like they would there was no real figure lesson. It was more liter- literary lessons of black stories. Put it like that. Um Yeah. That's and I, like I said, ultimately I think it's just more so because of the resources that was available, whatever curriculum they had at the time period, just the lack thereof. So it's I don't really think that it's it's no particular fault at hand. It's just again the lack of. So, you know, now with me recognizing it, I just take the initiative to retain the information on my own. It's not hard. And not, not for nothing. nothing in any way, shape, or form. It's just no, good to know. I, I, it's, I, it's good to know the history of kinda, how we got here. Period. That's how we got here. And I know I harked. I know I harked on on media earlier, but growing up, the media did play. Does play a positive role and they still do in informing us I was about to say, depending on the source because if it wasn't for the media um, I would have never experienced some of the things with my own two eyes well indirectly with my own two eyes um, in the early 90s um, and this is where I'm kind of going into a, a historical mm-hmm. moment that kind of affected me there's two, but I'm only going to mention one on this episode and then okay. the other one on the next one. The the Anita Hill hearings. Okay. So, for a, a lot of people probably know, but um, when Clarence Thomas was up for uh, Supreme Court justice to replace Thurgood Marshall um, in ninety. I had it on the tip of my tongue. I think it was 1990 or 1991. Um, Not too long after that news broke, I believe it was an article was ran or an interview was conducted and audio was released from that interview. Um, uh, Exposing sexual harassment allegations. Um, by Anita Hill, I think she was talking with somebody and she was secretly taped. And those audio recordings were released. And that essentially started like a snowball effect to where she was brought in at the confirmation hearings. And Joe Biden at that point was part of, I think was a senator out of Delaware. Um, And if you pull up the footage from that day, he's in the um, he's on the opposing side or the opposite side, sorry, of the confirmation, like where you know they speak to the the senators mm-hmm. and stuff. He's in that area. Um, but the reason why it stuck it stuck out to me is because. 
it was essentially like it was two black people, right? And man and the woman. And you know, lately, you know, the climate's been mm-hmm. you know, the Me Too movement. Like that's been going on for a while. And I believe a great share of stories um, that have been coming out. And I want to say that was Mm. my first experience of sexual harassment in the workplace and how, you know, society has a way of kind of giving, well, giving the woman the third degree when there's no indication that her credibility is to be questioned. You know what I mean? I sat sat there one day in my adult life and I watched the hearings and I was just like, and I was just blown away. I mean, part of me was like, okay, I understand this is part of the process. Um, But at what point do you, does it hit you that, okay, this guy probably has no right to to be to obtain this this level this high level i mean to replace the marshal i mean it's just like right you couldn't pick somebody else like thurgood marshall like this is what i was probably all of about eight or nine years old and one thing I've come to realize is that the distinction between the a lie and the truth right. are details. Um, Anita Hill went into vivid details um, about jokes that were made, about you know the pubic hair on the soda on the soda can, um, and all these other things. All examples right. of sexual harassment in the workplace. Um, and she's saying all of this before the very government, the very structure that is supposed to enforce like the legal stuff and all the law and policy that's supposed to protect right. women that are victims of sexual harassment. And you know, it went through the entire process of the confirmation and he was still confirmed. And I was just like, how and why? He, I think he's still, yeah, he's still a Supreme Court justice, I believe. And, you know, I revisited it, that whole situation last year because I was like, it, it was a random thought that came to my mind. Like, I wonder what Anita Hill's up to these days. What what has right. she been going? You know, what's she doing these days? And I did some digging and stuff, and you know, she's she I believe went on to be I think a professor, and a professor or of, well, yeah, she's a lawyer. Law and um, but study for, right, is it Brandis University? Yeah, I think so. Um. <clears throat> But nevertheless, it's not a case of, you know, she went into, not hiding, but went into, like, 
obscurity. Because it's like stuff like that, like that could be the kind of thing where, you know, people go into obscurity or something happens and you never get like a second act in life. And it's just like, I wonder what she's up to. Because that was, that was a big deal for me anyway. Um, Because I had never, prior to that, I had never heard about Mm. sexual harassment. I didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it looked like. Um, But I think to to be as young as I was and to hear these kind of stories at such a young age and to have it be a a series of situations between two Black people um, and the person still get confirmed to be Supreme Court Justice, I'm like, that's that's crazy to me. Um, It kind of... That, that kind of ties into what you and I discussed earlier in the Boys Club, well, the first part of the Boys Club episode, with Jaguar Wright and other women in that collective or executives attached to that collective that were ran through and dropped off and passed along and, like, forgotten about. Um it's it's just crazy this construct in society where it's just like women speak up and nothing is done. Um, and I have a problem with that. I have a really serious problem with that. I'm not going to dwell on it too far. Um, I'm just going to move on from that. But that was a moment in Black history that personally affected me, having sisters, a mother, and aunt. Um nieces and all that stuff. The documentary? Is that what you saw at one point? Or it was just watching it live? Yeah, apparently she has a documentary documentary called Anita that came out in 2014. Oh, yeah. Um, No. Um, I think that's what inspired me to, to revisit again. Um, because, you know, the understanding you have as a kid is different than when you're an adult. So I thought, maybe I should revisit this. Okay. And figure it out. <laughs> but yeah, Clarence Thomas is still trash. Um, and, I mean, Quiet as his cat, but didn't right. take a hearing for me to realize that he's always been that way. Um, and it's it's such a shame. not Because, you know, I didn't look up to him or anything, but it's just like, they're not, you know, just because you've assimilated to to the, the the white social class does not mean it's less harder for you. Um, and that's like a huge point that could be applied to anything. Um, you know, and the boys' club, nonetheless, does not make it easier for you. Um, but no, I didn't see. I didn't see the moon because you know what I did no, see because that had Kerry Washington in it. Didn't but it? the <clears throat> hold on, they have a movie called with the one with Kerry Washington. I just saw it. Where did it go? Okay. Ultimately, they have a documentary that's called Anita. Um, I guess that must be. 
the testimony. Um, hold on. And the movie is mm-hmm. called Confirmation. That's with Carrie Washington and Wendell Pierce. I wonder if that's on HBO Max. Let's see. Before we um to get off the line soon or off the episode, I was start I was starting to tell you mm-hmm. earlier when you were talking about roots. Alex Haley, there's another movie based on another Alex Haley. I haven't seen Queen. Called Queen. Every time it comes on, I, I had I've a feeling never you been able to catch it from the beginning. Um, and personally, I don't like just diving into right. Stories. Same here, cause um, it just seems right insulting to me. <laughs> um, if I really want to watch it, then I want right. to watch it from the beginning and be able to watch it straight through. I don't want to insult it by coming in and then it's like reading a book backwards. Like who does that? Um, so. I've never been able to catch it. Um. So, I remember it vaguely when I was a child. It was a TV movie, which is probably right. why you and I always caught it, like in the middle or some shit. Because it's it's long as hell. Well, it's not longer than Roots. I mean. You gotta take a leave of absence from work for a week to watch Roots. Um, and the thing about it is, you think that initial run was it? He kept going. Yeah, it's like there's Roots and there's Roots. I'm like, oh, I get it. Um, I get it. Me either. But the reason why I brought up Queen is because okay, that's actually one of my favorite movies of all time. And it was, it came out in like 90, uh, 90, 91. I mean, this is bad. Raven Simone's in it. And she was probably And I know Haley Berry is in it. Okay. Yeah, so she was probably like eight or nine yeah, Halle Berry is in it. Jasmine Glover is in it. Yep. Um, I think Danny Glover is in it. No, not yeah. Um, Martin Sheen's in it. Um, Jesse Smollett is in it. It's a really good movie. Who else is in it? Sorry. Dave Chappelle. Sorry. I know. He was like, he's French. Juicy small A. Um. <laughs> but yeah, that's um. I'm gonna watch that this month too. Um. But yeah, that's another thing to put on your list. If you ever, um, you probably get it from Amazon or win it from Amazon or whatever, and, and watch it. 
Listen, Ooh, if I Google it and it pop up for free under YouTube, um, then hey, I'm going to watch it. It's not my fault. YouTube has a lot of things on there for free, though. Uh, Especially a lot of older uh, things. Oh my goodness! You do yeah, know that yeah, they have a whole free section, right? Um, and I do pay for my YouTube. Thank you very much. I'm just being silly. Yes, if it pops up, I, I'm not. Moving right along. Y'all get sent out. Um, yeah, you might. <laughs> <laughs> so. I was going to go into another piece of uh, Black history. Um, I know I touched on something more current, and then we touched on personal experience. So I wanted to touch on a very historical figure, um, Duke Ellington. I know you brought him up earlier. Do you, do you think you know enough to talk about him? Um, <laughs> that is a very, very, very special so do- my hood. Can you guess what it is? Um, uh-uh. No one loves you when you're down and out? <laughs> What's the name of the song? It's what? You know what? You laughing. It must be something nasty. It is not. Really? I'm not. I'm sorry. sorry. You laughing. It must be something nasty. I am not that girl in you. Oh, you say, you are delivered. I don't like men's balls. In a sentimental mood. Let's name the song, girl. You know, I'm a fool. Yeah. That song. Him and John Coltrane. Oh, my God. Sends me to a place of bliss like none other. The song is just beautiful. And there's really nothing else that I can say to describe it every time it comes on. It's kind of like how some people feel about Sinatra. You just got to stop and listen. Shut up. If you can't appreciate it, get away from it. Because I'm not pausing it. And I'm turning it up every time. Every time... I hear it in movies. It's the perfect scene. It just screams love to me. Like, beautiful love. Not that toxic shit that people think is love. Like, pure, (laughs) unconditional, genuine love. Like, that's what it sounds like to me. And yes, <laughs> listen. I forgot about I that. Can never I listen to it at least once a day. I go to sleep listening to jazz. So, um, yeah. I'll be too Every once in a while, I'll sleep. Just let it go wherever it's gonna go. Or um, 
sometimes it's hard for me to listen to those songs though because I find myself waking up out my sleep singing. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, like I'll hear something and it just wakes me up. Wow. You know, I'm into it, but I also um, use the YouTube has a lot of live jazz stations, like channels that just run all night. Um, and depending on, you might want like saxophone jazz or smooth jazz or piano jazz or a Paris night or New York night scene. It's just so many different, <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah, but Duke Ellington is that introduction to from into the whole jazz thing. That song took me into all of it. That was it. I heard it. I fell in love and the rest is history for me. That takes me jazz takes me to a happy place. And period. Me too. So, what's your history lesson? Me too. <laughs> 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 Give it to me, baby. Um, just wanted to say that, like, he was at the forefront mm-hmm. and brought, like, Harlem, the Harlem Renaissance to the mainstream. And I mean, I have one of his albums. It's um, mm-hmm. Duke at Newport, which is essentially a live album. Um, and I didn't even know it existed mm-hmm. until I went to go see the movie American Hustle, which is a really good movie. And one of the songs that the from that with, album um, was on the soundtrack and was in the movie. And I was like, his name? huh. Blue-eyed white guy. And, yes, and, um, mm-hmm. Jennifer um, Lawrence. Talking about Bradley Cooper. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. That's a dope ass movie. Jeremy Renner, Jennifer dope Lawrence, and Amy Adams. Mm-hmm. It's a dope ass soundtrack. And it's based on a true story. I know, right? Man, I played that soundtrack for the back. I was like, I feel like I'm in the damn movie with them, Kobe. Um, but nevertheless, nevertheless, um, yeah, that that's a that's a really good album. Um, and of course. The stuff he did with John Coltrane is amazing. But yeah, like Harlem Renaissance, if you want to get into like mm-hmm. an era where we were like the shit, another era where we were the shit, Harlem Renaissance. Um, like I first heard about Harlem Renaissance when I was living with my uncle when I was like 11 years old. Um, he had a lot of artwork and stuff. And a lot of, um, you know, the Walters Art Gallery. Mm. I don't know if it's still around. Had exhibits dedicated <laughs> to the Harlem Renaissance. I was like, look at us, looking all fly and stylish. Mm. 
Um, so yeah, I was like, as I got older, I started to read up on it a little bit more and seeing movies and stuff. Um, Stormy Weather and um, mm-hmm. Cotton Club, um, stuff like that. And I was just like, it's pretty dope. And that's how I like, I really got to appreciate jazz and like tap dancing yeah, and orchestra I, and for me, Cab Calloway and stuff like that. My mother, every Sunday as a kid was my days for me to get my hair done. You know how my hair is. So. It was always a task. And our routine usually consisted of get my hair washed, well, breakfast, get my hair washed. And then we would sit down and watch Blondie and Dagwood while she did whatever she was going to do to my hair. And any movie that came on after that on Turner Classic Movies. And Stormy Weather. Um, what's the name of that damn movie? <sighs> Why can I not think of it? Oh my goodness! Ugh. It's gonna come to me eventually. Um, Stormy Weather was one of even ones that I look at now. Like when I look at it now, still. Just pulls me in and and fashion me all the same, and then it's the other one that that every I get this one of stormy weather mixed up sometimes. Um, come on, Jason, I know you've seen these movies. I know you have. Not Carmen Jones. I've seen that too. That's another neat, amazing one. Well, Carmen um, Jones. I would have to ask my mother. Um, Porgy and Bess. Um, uh, is this something with Sydney Party in it? Look, you gotta give me a a branch or something, shit. It'll come to me eventually. But Cat Calloway performing with the twins. Well, they're twins. I thought they were twins. Well, at least in my mind. <laughs> they're not Why twins. They're well, Stormy Weather. They, they did the. I don't. I, you know, I know about it now, but to me, that's what it was. I always wanted to watch mm-hmm. Ted Calloway in a twin. Um. This was. You sure? That was in Stormy Weather. Definitely in. So, what were you saying? I was trying to find the name of the movie. Are you still looking for the movie? I am. It's going to be stuck with me until I find it, too. I can't believe I can't remember it. Um, yeah, I'm telling you, that's Tab Calloway, Nicholas Brothers singing. Cabin is... in the Sky. That's the other one. Oh, Cabin in the Sky. Who's in that? That's the other one. Um, Lena Horne, At the oh. Waters, uh, Rex Ingram. Louis Armstrong, Duke Ellington, yeah. And the, I don't, I don't know if it's just because 
of the, the time period or what, those I always get those two mixed up. But Stormy Weather is the one with Cap Calloway in it. Whereas Cabin in the Sky is the one with Duke Ellington. They both uh, have like one now. Oh, uh, okay. So, yeah. Those movies <clears throat> just opened up a world of that time period in general. I would love to know just I would just love to experience that time. Even if just for a day. The music just the I don't it's something different about it. That just doesn't exist today in my opinion. Um maybe it's the passion and them and the meaning behind it ultimately might be the difference. I don't know. But yeah, that's that's what we used to do. My mother introduced all of them. the music got me every time. Always the music. Um can't think of the holiday movie. The one with the Lana Turner, I believe. Imitation of Life? Yes. There you go. Thank you. They played the uh, original version um, over the yeah, weekend, I, I, I enjoy think. both versions, but it's something about Mahalia Jackson singing. Trouble of the world. <laughs> Man break me down I'd... every time. <laughs> every time. I'm a hell of a Jackson, man. Let me tell you. I went over to my grandmother's house once. Um, with a, um, a rip CD that I made for her. Because she, she's into gospel music. And Mahalia Jackson is one of her favorites, right? So I go over to the uh, CD player and put it in. The first CD, right? Mm-hmm. And probably like not even 10 or 5 minutes in, she's in like another world. Yeah. She got her hands together. Like she's sitting up in the um, the chair. She has her hands together and she just lays her head back like she's affected. I'm like, oh, this is going to be a visit. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's something about that woman. It's, I don't Thank know. you, Dave. Billie Holiday is another one. <clears throat> it's something about that woman, pain, and her song that just pull you in, get feeling, and it's just a beautiful toxicity. <laughs> Is the only way that I can describe it. You know it's bad, but you can't help but to love and appreciate. Um, right. What is... There is... Let 
always happen to just stumble across things that I never knew existed, and it was this. movie is a play um, and I can't even think of the actress name but the play was supposed to be based off of Billie Holiday's last performance um Lady Dave Emerson that shit right there sir listen she when I say sound just like like it, it you have you seen it? You're talking about uh Audra McDonald? Yes. I haven't seen it. Just watch it. Watch it. Where can I see it? It's on HBO Max. Of course. Mm-hmm. I take it you don't have HBO. No. I was going good to watch the Fresh Prince um Reunion, but I could watch. I saw that show on YouTube. Um, <laughs> but I may be tempted to buy it because they're releasing a bunch of movies on it. Yeah. That and Disney Plus. I I don't regret either one of them. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it's on there, and it was amazing to just watch the performance. And listening. To her, like she sounds just like her. the movements. The you know, Billy saying she has a certain way she pronounces her words when she sings, and it just I don't know. She did an amazing job, she did an amazing job. I've to my list now. Hmm. So I have to add that to my list now. Yeah, definitely do. Have you watched um the Viola Davis one? My Rainy. I think I have. No. I'd add that to my list too. I don't want to be sad because I'll, I'll probably be sad when I see Chadwick. He played the fuck out there, all. He played. The fuck out oh, that rule. Um, <clears throat> when you watch it, we'll talk about it. Okay. Put it right there. When you watch it, we'll talk about it. Well, this has been another great episode of the I Refuse Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. We have pages there. We also have email address to uh, answer any questions. You know, we're not gurus, but we have lives. Do you know how to find out where to live? No. Right. Email address is I refuse podcast at gmail dot com. Um, 
we have a Twitter, I, I Refuse Podcast. On Twitter is the name of the account. I underscore refuse underscore podcast on Instagram. It's been great having. What's your handle again? Sorry. This is my first time hearing it in my ear. Let me make sure I get it right. I have strength Sagittarius. Uh, Miss Abstract Sagittarius as my uh, co-pilot for this episode, and we'll do probably another one two weeks from now. Um, I don't think weekly is possible. Because we're recovering from 2020 still. Just the energy has just been off. Oh, I'm going to need you to get it together. Don't worry, the retrograde be over with thing. So it's still going? Maybe over in the 20s. Maybe that's what what's going on. Probably. Uh, <laughs> well, you heard it here, folks, because I had no idea. <laughs> um, so, uh, happy Black History Month, everybody. And we'll be back two weeks from now with another episode. Bye. Bye.